Hello and welcome to episode 234 of the Wallace Wavetime podcast. I'm your host, Weishan, and as usual, I've got Tony with me here today. Hey, Tony, how is it going? It's going well. It's going well. Um, I'm fully vaccinated now and yes. uh, feeling so good. Why actually, why don't you tell people? I mean, a, a few episodes ago, and I'm going to insert it here. No, I don't get reactions to Shad. You uh-huh. were all about... I don't get a reactions from shots. Okay. I yeah. it's the Malikian gene is strong. I don't get yeah. any reaction at all. I don't know what people are talking about. They get like they get nauseous, they get headaches, they get fevers. I don't get a reaction. So tell tell mm-hmm. us tell us tell us actually how, how the second shot went for you. I don't get sick. Uh I don't get bad colds, you know. And uh I even had COVID. It was an incredibly mild case of COVID. Um, so, the, and then I got the first shot of Moderna, no effect whatsoever. Like I, not even like a sore spot where they, uh, put the shot in, go in four weeks later, get the second shot. And, uh, the woman, she's telling me, so here are the side effects. And I'm almost like, yeah, 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 lady, let's just get to this. I'm not going to have any side effects. Um, us Malakian men were cut from a stronger cloth than the rest of you folk. So get the shot in the afternoon, you know. Go to bed around two o'clock, feel fine. Arms a little bit sore this time. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's the side effect is I have a little bit of a sore arm. I wake up at six o'clock and I just kind of want to die. Uh, <laughs> How so? I, I have a fever. Every jo- joint and muscle in my body is just achy. I just feel, oh, I'm so just tired but i can't go to sleep i'm j- it's just it was flu like simples i had a pounding headache it was dreadful and it was all day it was all day um i take some uh, tylenol pm you know so i was taking a uh, tylenol regular throughout the day and that was only doing mild effects take tylenol pm at about midnight go to bed at about one i guess and uh thinking like okay god it's gonna be a couple days isn't it I woke up on Saturday morning and it was like nothing happened. I was 100% fine. It was it was so weird, but yeah, that one day completely knocked me on my ass, man. I could it was it was it sucked, but <laughs> it was well worth it. Well worth I it. I you That's sent it. an email that day actually and, and I'm going to read it. It says oh, thanks for reading my sent- personal <laughs> emails. You sent it to us editors, right? And you're like, hey, y'all. So all last week I kept bragging that I never get bad reactions to shots. Well, Mm -hmm. that streak has ended. (laughs) The second (laughs) dose of Moderna has knocked me on my butt. (laughs) I don't think I would have used the word butt. Yeah, I know. I just don't want to. I don't want to put a beep in. So, you know, uh, yeah. Fair enough. enough. Yeah, so I am fully vaccinated. So it was worth going through um, that and... (laughs) Uh, then, uh, so I had my first face-to-face interview Mm. with somebody, um, yesterday and that was cool. Uh, went to the white horse and it was, yeah, it was, it was cool to go in there. You know, we were talking about like bars and the rules and everything like that. And like how many people I'm still trying to convince that like, once you get vaccinated, you're okay. Everything's going to be okay. But like, even like my girlfriend now, it's like, she's still wears a mask and where she's still very, very worried about it. And she's like, I'm worried about passing it on, but I'm also like, listen, 
so this is true in New York City. This isn't true in other countries and even in other regions of the U.S. But in New York City, if you want a shot of Moderna or Pfizer or Johnson Johnson, they have it. You can there are walk in appointments now that you can do. So it is a personal choice that you are making not to get the shot. And to me, it's almost a Darwinistic thing. If you get COVID, then you were the one that was like, oh, I'm still worried about it. There's a one in an eight million chance I might get a blood clot, even though it's AstraZeneca, right? But it's just like, go out, get the goddamn shot. Because if you don't, then I feel that you are not doing your job as a citizen, as a as a member of the community. You, We all are part of this social construct. The more people that we get shots, then we can just do away with this thing and never have to deal with it again. So... Uh, so if anybody gets it in New York City and they had there was no reason why you couldn't get one, yeah, you might have to travel a little bit or whatever. You might have to go some. Then it's on you. So screw it, mass off. Let's keep the bars open. Like me and my friend, we were talking. He's like, I'm happy that the bars aren't open till twelve. I think it's going to keep everybody safer. I go, why? You have the shot. You you're immunized. There is a chance you might still get COVID. It's not it's not a hundred percent that you won't. But the risk of death now is very, very low. Mm-hmm. And again, if you pass it on to somebody else that hasn't got a shot, well, that's on them. And if you are uh, an employee at a place that's dealing with customers, you should be getting a shot. Open the bars back up till two. You know, it's just like, give me a break, man. Let's let's get this thing going here in New York City. Again, this isn't every other region in Asia. It's spreading like wildfire. South America is spreading like wildfire. Um, or in parts of Asia. Um, I don't know. I mean, if if I was living in New York, I probably would be uh, in the same mindset as Alice uh, has right Mm -hmm. now, and I would still wear my mask because it... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, wear your mask. I don't care about that. (laughs) I know Darwinism and and all that, but, you know, um, yeah, I just feel that, I I guess we, yeah, different different, uh, views on it. But again, it's... It's now it's a personal choice thing. You can get the shot or you don't. That's a personal choice. You can wear a mask or not. Wear a mask. If you feel more comfortable wearing a mask, 100%. I don't make fun of Alice because she wears a mask. Yeah, go ahead. Wear a mask. Um, (laughs) But don't like let's lift these restrictions on businesses. Let's get everything open back up. But so that was one thing we talked about. And I guess the other thing that we were talking about was anxieties and stuff like that, that people have developed during the pandemic. And so kind of speaking specifically about this, just kind of uh, what do you call that? Where you're um, where you're always worried about getting sick and stuff like that. It's a it's a something hypochondriac. Hypochondriac. So it wasn't even claustrophobic, but yes, hypochondriac. Um, hypochondriac is usually looking at symptoms that you have and then like equating it to something uh, big and messy. But yeah. uh, so it may not exactly be hypochondriac, but. I guess a strain of that. Yeah, but it was it's something like that. And so, yeah, we were just talking about that and just some of the uh, the different phobias, the different things like that. And I'm like, oh, boy, let me tell you, I got some, I got some phobias. I got some anxieties. I got, you know, I can tell you all about it. It has nothing to do with COVID. So I don't know. I guess we can kind of go there uh, for the, for our chat today. Yeah, yeah. Tell us. So, what happened? Actually, how did you get to speaking about anxieties with this, uh, this, this new contact that you met? Um, was it just a because of COVID, a lot of new anxieties came up, and like, uh, and then it kind of branched into your previous, uh, previous experiences, or you know, because I, I feel now though that uh, even in um, 
maybe even Zoom meetings, I guess, because all my meetings right now are virtual. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so sometimes um, when I'm meeting someone new, people seem to be more open about themselves personally than they yeah. were before. Um, I, I feel that. Um, and it's, it's a little strange. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little strange because mm, you can't actually you like touch someone or like, you know, shake hands or anything or give someone a hug. So like you also have to deal with, uh, you know, when, when someone's telling you something very personal over video, you're, you, you have to be able to, I feel like for me anyway, I feel like I need to be able to empathize and, mm -hmm. and show that through my body language and emotions. Oh yeah. My, uh, what my face looks like, I guess, <laughs> and then my voice. Yeah, you so, can't yeah. be looking at your phone as they're like uh, pouring their sob story out to you. Know, that'd be rude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't do that anyway, but yeah. So how did you get talking about that? And then what what specific story did you, did you tell her? Uh, so, so because there were two bartenders, there was a changeover on bartenders. Um, and one was like, you know, she was wearing a mask, everything like that. And I even heard like a patron, like, why are you wearing a mask? Like, I just feel more comfortable with it. I'm dealing with customers all the time. The other, uh, so she's Irish. The other Irish uh, lady comes in and she goes, why are you wearing your mask? We don't have to wear a mask anymore, do we? She's like, <laughs> she's just like, she's just old school Irish woman. She's like, I'm not wearing a mask. So it was just, it was funny to watch that interaction. But I was talking, <laughs> I was I think the audience will get a kick out of this. Uh, I don't know. But so I have always had, and well, not always, just I, I've, I've talked about this in the past, but I, I have bad anxiety around heights and enclosed spaces, mm -hmm. basically if I feel trapped. So in elevators, I don't do well. I Like I said, I've flown to Asia. I've flown to South America. I've flown to Europe. I've flown all over the United States and North America and Canada. I've flown all over. Well, around 38, 39, somewhere in there, I developed this bad anxiety where I couldn't fly anymore. I can't get in the subways. I just, I, I start getting panic attacks, really, really bad panic attacks where I feel like I'm dying. I know I'm not. It's, it's so funny because like, I know I'm not dying. I know I'm not having a heart attack and I'm just trying, and you try and say it to yourself over and over. You're not having a heart attack. You are not going to die. This is fine. Nothing bad can happen to you. If you get stuck on this elevator, the worst is you're going to be stuck here for a couple hours, but nothing bad is going to happen to you. And you're my brain will just not allow me to hear it. It will just, it just does not work. Anyway, one of the last times that I, I stopped taking interviews at places where I had to be on a high rise elevator. Okay. Mm. And so I had an interview. It, it was, um, I don't know. It was a presentation being given at NASDAQ, um, at their, uh, was it like 50 broad or something like that? Um, right by, uh, Zuccotti park there. Um, but I think they might have moved their offices now, but the office building was like on the 40th or 50th floor, like really, really high up. And, you know, when you get into those kind of elevators, they go shooting up and they're rattling around like crazy. Yeah. And it takes a little bit of time to get up. So get to the top and like, I'm even sweating right now, like telling this story, but get to the top, get out and I'm in bad shape. Um, and at the time I had not seen any, uh, psychiatrists or anything like that. So it's not like I would had Xanax or anything like that. Get out, um, our old employer, the, the founder of the, um, our old employee or the founder of the podcast, Dandy Francesco was there. 
Uh, he was work. He still works for Business Insider. It's like, hey man, what's going on? So we're just kind of talking. I'm trying to stay calm, you know. It's like, okay, you know, Dan's here. It's a friendly face. We're just having a good time. They take us into this boardroom, and there's a, probably about ten other journalists. I would say there. We go inside, and you know, it's in an office where the windows are open. You get this beautiful scenic view of New York City, which anybody that whose brain wiring isn't screwed up would be like, wow. This is magisterial. This is lovely. This is beautiful. This is uh, this is great. Me, I am just trying my best not to look out the window, but you keep on looking out the window. Now you're just now the the worries are kind of building up, building up, building up. And so this guy, I can't remember the guy's name. I can't remember what the topic was. I want to say it had something to do with like uh, crypto or something like that. But maybe because I was having a panic attack, I don't remember. But he starts talking and he's going in it's about five minutes in and i'm trying my best to just listen to what he's saying and write down everything he say even though i never do that i just put a recorder on i'm trying to literally write down everything he's saying but it's just not working my brain is just i am losing it starting to sweat you know just i i, I feel like i can't breathe though i can breathe fine um heart rates going up elevated so <laughs> About three minutes in, five minutes, in, I don't know what it was. I just stand up. I go, I'm sorry, I had to leave. And the guys are, oh, oh, okay. Like everybody now is just looking at me. I'm like, I don't care. Sorry, Kurtz. Uh, I'm like, screw it. Uh, I, I gotta get out. And so, oh, okay, yeah, sorry. Okay, so I leave. I make a beeline for the elevator. I think I might have went to the bathroom first, splash warm my face, took the elevator down, and leave the meeting. I send Dan, like after I, you know, did some breathing exercise, tried to calm down. I text Dan. I say, hey, listen, sorry if that was weird. Uh, maybe send uh, something to the PR person, Ryan Wells, saying like, you know, just let him know that I was having a panic attack and I just had to get out of there. And he goes, oh, no worries. So I'm going to curse your guy, but oh, no worries, man. I just assumed you had to take a real big shit, so it's not a big deal at all. And I text back, I go. Oh, man, <laughs> I kind of would rather to know that I had a panic attack and I didn't have to just go when I was on the verge of crapping my pants. <laughs> That's not what I want this executive from NASDAQ and all these other reporters to be thinking like, oh, Tony Malakian? Yeah, the guy who almost shit himself during that NASDAQ meeting? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, don't ever hire him. He's a moron. He's weird. <laughs> so, it's just, it was just brutal man it was brutal but yeah so and so i was just telling them that and because some of them were talking uh, so we were there um uh reb was there uh, our new reporter neil graham we have a new reporter by the way everywhere neil graham we can discuss that a little bit more at the end but um was there and then this other source and the source saying like how much anxiety they have get on the subways now one mm -hmm. because of the amount of mental illness that you see now in new york city there's a lot of just um, homeless people, people with real mental disorders that weren't able to get help and stuff like that, you know, during COVID and stuff. And it's, it's just gotten really bad on the subways and, you know, a lot of attacks and stuff like that have happened on the subways. So the anxieties that they have around that coming in. And so we were just kind of talking. I was like, yeah, man, like this is the thing that. So in New York City, again, everything is starting to get back on track. It's starting to feel like literally this past weekend, it felt like. This is behind us. It really did. Um, it was it was a beautiful Saturday afternoon. 
it was just lovely to be outside. Just not because you had to be outside, just because it was nice. Mm. And but we that we started talking about just you know as we're going back into the office, what's going to change now when you're back in the office? Because Reb and Yellow were back in the office for the first time, and you know you had to wear a mask like when you're walking to and from places, even though everybody that was in the office that day had been vaccinated. So I'm like, that's a pretty stupid rule, but whatever. Um, but again, it's to make people feel good, feel comfortable, because you have to make sure that people, you have to understand that there's going to be new anxieties that people are going to have, whether it's commuting or whatever. How do you manage that without alienating your workforce? That's kind of how we got on that subject. Yeah, and it's also a topic that we've spoken about before as well. I think, uh, well, I'm not in Hong Kong at the moment, but I know the Hong Kong office is fully open. Um, although it's up to, it would be up to uh, their managers over there whether they want their staff to be working from home or uh, they give that option. I, so mm-hmm. since you're my manager, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and I know you don't. And a benevolent, a benevolent manager at that, a wonderful benevolent manager. Yeah, I, I'm gonna swear now, but um, <laughs> this is what Tony said to me when I I asked, so is it okay if I go back to Malaysia to be with family for a couple of months? And he's like, do it. I don't give a fuck where you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you're here in New York City, so yeah, as long as you're doing your job. Be in Antarctica for all I care. Just make sure you have some internet access. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 that's also the beauty of journalism, right? You yeah. technically you should be out and about. I mean, and you know, speaking with sources and not being at the office. Um, but yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I've been confined to my home here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but definitely, definitely, it's interesting to see how different. Um, different companies have taken a stance on like whether uh, they should enforce um, people coming in half a week or like everybody coming in. And then also, you know, in terms of the um, mental health in what kind of services they provide, um, are they empathetic to understand, to start to even understand what individuals, their individual employees go through? Or are they just like, yeah, we'll put this service up here, but actually we don't uh, who, who cares if you actually go sign up for it and talk to somebody or how encouraging it is? We we just provide it that we did our job. That's it. Yeah, it's up to. So I don't know. And um, it, it's strange. I was actually speaking to someone who works for um, the Bank of America based in Singapore, and so at at her house she has uh they basically turned the study into a study for. Uh, where she works, where her husband works, and where their uh, teenage son actually does some of his uh, his his schoolwork, right? And so she was having a meeting with her boss, and obviously there are people behind. It's either her husband or her son, right? And the guy goes like, "Don't you don't you have other rooms? Like why why are there people walking behind you? I I don't uh, I this is not something I I like seeing." And she's like, "Oh." <laughs> It's like, leave uh, <laughs> you, buddy. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I can't help it. She said, well, you have it's other like, rooms, I can go into right? the bathroom, <laughs> you know, if you like. I would like if so, I'm sitting on the toilet. So that's, that's all to say that there are still people, there are still managers that kind oh, of yeah. want to enforce this, this uh, uh, you're working for me, 
you give me your time and nobody else should be around you because, you know, I, I don't know. I don't like to see that. So I, I don't know. I don't know how how it's going to be like. It's going to be. And I think, though, that as remote work, as we show that you can do jobs, more and more people can do it. It's just, yeah, I really hope because, again, I, I just I, we talked about this earlier, but I don't. There's a great scene in the West Wing. Uh, I love this show, West Wing. Um, and uh, it's about politics here in the U.S. if you don't know what it is. But um, it's a great scene where the president, Josiah Bartlett, he uh, got shot. Somebody tried to assassinate him, uh, played by Martin Sheen. And there's a whole reason why he got shot. But it, the person that was shooting at him wasn't trying to shoot at him. They were trying to kill uh, his body uh his body man called Charlie Young, uh, who's black guy who's dating his the president's daughter, who's white. Okay, convoluted a bit if you're trying to describe it. Anyway, <laughs> there's a scene where he's like, "We don't know what the the we don't know what the damage is or something like that. We don't know what the 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 human toll of this is." And I think that from an anxiety perspective, because here in the U.S. we're terrible. At providing mental health services and in Asia it's even worse as, mm. as we've discussed um, it costs a lot of money if you want to see a psychiatrist it costs a lot of money and for each visit and it's just the way it is and you know it's you know I think that people are going to be on it's it's how do you how do you adjust for that because you know the funny thing is like I wish that I would have done things differently in my life. So when flying started to become uncomfortable, I started, I stopped flying. I started taking a train to places when getting onto the subway started to become uncomfortable. I stopped taking the subway and I started taking the ferry. Um, and then it was, okay, I'm not going to do elevators. If we're going to have a meeting, we'll do it at a restaurant or a bar or on the first floor or something where I can walk up steps. And I slowly allowed myself to, to make myself feel more comfortable, I started to restrict myself. I was like, oh, okay, well, what's the big deal? I, I'm not flying. I'm just going to take a train. Not a big deal. I'm not going to take a subway. I'm going to take the ferry. It's not a big deal. Now the ferry, I'm, even though I'm only on the ferry for a couple minutes, I love being on it. It starts building up, and you can't stop it. You just I, – I, I can't I, – again, I will start seeing a psychiatrist again now that I um, – now that this is – you know, passes with the pandemic, but I can't stop it. And it's irrational. And I know it is. And it doesn't matter. And, you know, it's just like everything blurs out. And so it's like I have two choices. I can, you know, I, I really try not to take Xanax because you can become addicted to that. And it's just not good for your liver. And when you're a drinker like I am, it's especially not good. And but now I'm taking drinks just in order to go into an office, go into a meeting, and that's not good either. Mm. So you're kind of you're coping through your own kind of medications, and that's bad. It's dangerous. And you know, I, I like drinking. It's not like something like I, I always, you know, I, I want to be like my dad. You know, I was 75 years old, just two in the afternoon sitting on the porch popping open a beer that's just living a life it's when you abuse it it's when you're just drinking too much to cope with your anxiety mm. um and but then the other problem is that i like being in an office 
you know, I, I, I feel my, my anxiety goes up when I just have to be in the house all day. I, I am a social person. I like to be around people. I like to talk to people. And so I want to find a way to get back into the office. And so the question is, how do you encourage people to overcome their anxieties instead of shrinking away from their from these things that make them feel uncomfortable? Because mm. that's what I wish I would have done. I wish I would have kept on addressing these things as they were happening instead of thinking, I'll just I'll make this more comfortable for myself. Like you have to be a little bit uncomfortable in order to overcome things. Otherwise you become a psycho like me and I am just <laughs> out of my goddamn mind. You know, it's like it's just it is. It's like, hey Tony, you know, why don't you come down and visit me at the beach? It's like like I will think about that trip. I will think about a 45 minute trip. Like I'm going up in a couple of weeks to see my brother up. He's a hour and a half north of New York City. I'm going to think about just having to take that hour and a half trip for a week beforehand and my anxiety levels will be high before them. So how do businesses help people to recognize this and rather than letting them shrink back to encourage them to tackle these, but without being a monster like that guy being like, why are there people walking behind you? I don't like this. It's a balancing act that I think everybody's going to have to face. And I think that the, the key is to have open conversations like this. You know, I think, you know. Yeah, I, but I, 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 it, yeah. The key, I agree with you. The key is to have open conversations like this. But also it depends on, like, I know for, for you and I, and I am very lucky, very, very lucky to have you as a manager, as a boss. Right. <laughs> and... And we also have this friendship, you know, that I can talk to you about anything and vice versa. But not many other, uh, not many of my friends have that, that kind of relationship with their managers or with the companies that they work with, right? But at this, on the other hand of, uh, on the other side of things, let's say a company does provide, they do everything that they can to provide, you know, mental, uh, mental health care uh, services to their employees. They're like, our door is always open. Come and talk to us if you're facing any issues or any problems at all. Just come and talk to us. It still comes down to the individual, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't want to help, um, okay, I know it's a little, it's it's quite hard to say, but if you don't want to get help, you can't mm -hmm. be helped. Yeah. Um, of course, if you want you to get hit help. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that bottom well, is different. Many for people it. have to hit a bottom in order before they finally get out. Especially like, you know, I've had friends with bad, you know, drug addictions, heroin, you know, cocaine, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Real, real bad drug addictions. Fortunately for me, it was just always alcohol. But yeah, sometimes you have to almost hit a bottom in order to get out. But yeah, you're right. You do have to want it. It took me, it took me many years to go see a. Uh, I, I saw a psychiatrist. I've never seen a psychiatrist. I've only seen a psychologist. Um, but. I'm going to see a psychiatrist next and a behavioral one, but I know I need to help. I can't, my life will keep on getting smaller and smaller and smaller, but mm. it took it. It basically took my life to hit a bottom where I'm like, I can't go out anywhere anymore. And I'm freaked out of just crossing over a bridge. So yes, it, but it took me a long time to get there. Yeah. So, I mean, and with different people, it's it's different as well in terms of timelines and stuff. So that, that all comes back down to like how employers deal with um, <laughs> their staff, right? Because they have to realize that, and we've talked about this before, we, they have to realize that every individual is different. And it could be a highly motivated individual that always produces results, suddenly is not <laughs> producing mm -hmm. as much maybe. And then that could be a sign to the manager to go say, Mm. 
Is there anything that you need help with? Uh, you know, you want to talk about it or, you know, but I don't know because not everybody is like that and not every manager is as open uh, to doing that or is as personable as that. So it's a very, that's a very uh, hard one to <laughs> to talk about actually. <laughs> it is, it is. And there's no easy way and it's, and everybody, because the thing is like, I have a friend, uh, one of my good friends, uh, New Paul, uh, mm. and uh, I have I have a lot of friends named Paul, so they all have different names. Um, you most of them are racially designated, but Paul is now New Paul. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's definitely afraid of shots, and to the point where he's passed out a couple times, where because he had to get a shot, and he just straight up passed out. Um, and he's a big, strong kid you know mm. um, well he's not big he's very very light but he's ripped you know yeah um but and everybody's like oh, why are you so afraid of me it's just it doesn't hurt anything it's like and there was probably a time where i would have made fun of like somebody like that but like oh yeah why what are you what are you a pussy like come on man like go go get the shot like give me a break it's not a big deal you just don't know what it is man when it's in your head you just don't know what it is and there's no way of it's it, there are ways it just takes work. It takes, like you said, it takes work on an individual. I have to want to work at it. Um, and until I really do that, until I put in the work to, to help cure myself, it's only going to get worse. So I think everybody just needs to understand that, you know, while it might seem irrational that somebody doesn't want to take a subway anymore, that somebody uh, feels really, really uncomfortable being in a a big room with 20 other people in the, in this boardroom or whatever, um, you know, give people time, you know, it's, yeah. it's that, I think. Yeah. Well, let's end this on a more positive note. Tell us about our so, new hire. <laughs> so our new hire is, uh, Niela Graham. She is, uh, right out of college. Uh, she went to the same university that I went to, that uh, Rebecca Natel went to, that Dandy Francesco went to, um, and that I think about three other uh, employees that have worked either at Waters Technology or in the incisive media uh, sphere of publications uh, have worked at. So, yeah, I think she's going to be great. Um, and, and if she fails, then she's going to give a, this 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 blemish to this unbroken streak of good employees from Plattsburgh state working out. So, you know, hopefully she doesn't ruin that for, for everyone. So <laughs> no pressure. If she's listening, no pressure at all. I told her that last night, actually, <laughs> like when we were out, I was like, yeah, no pressure. Don't screw this up though. <laughs> I think soon we'll see Plattsburgh state journalists like take over water technology. You're not that far off now. <laughs> Listen, they better put a statue of me up in Plattsburgh state. Okay. Right, right in the Angel Center. Put a picture of dear old Tony Malakian. Do you know any Plattsburgh State graduates that are actually out in Asia and in London? <laughs> I, listen, man, there's a lot of hippies that go to Plattsburgh State. So I'm sure that there's ones that have just gone out to Asia and just live on a beach somewhere, to be honest with you. So <laughs> I don't think that they're in journalism, though. <laughs> okay. Well, how do we close this out? <laughs> As usual, nice. Give us a positive closing. note, Tony. A positive note. 
so like something that you think uh, since you are dealing with this very uh, basically head on, you know, um, what do you do to encourage yourself? What do I do to encourage my Jesus Christ? These are some deep questions. <laughs> <laughs> OK, Wait. something simple that makes you feel happy, basically. Something simple. OK, here's something that I've been doing a little bit of recently. I'll give you two things, actually. Two things. One, I've been reaching out to old friends. So I've moved around a couple times in my life. I've lived in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, Connecticut, uh, several different areas of New York, and went to a bunch of different uh, middle schools, high schools, stuff like that. I've been reaching out to old friends that, you know, I, I would loosely, like they would like something on like a social media thing or something like that. I was like, hey, listen, you know, I just wanted to reach out and say, uh, yeah, I always appreciate, you know, just trying to, to connect to an, an, just out of the blue, because, you know, I, I think that those like little bits of random kindnesses they add up and it made me feel good. And then them telling me funny stuff and hearing about their lives and stuff. I thought that it was really cool. I've been enjoying it. I've been doing it a little bit more and more here and there with just uh, a couple of people that I was very, very close with that I'm still friends with, quote unquote, on these social mm -hmm. media platforms, but we don't talk. So that was cool. And uh, when I went down to Carolina, I've been recording conversations that I have with my family about oh. just growing up and stuff like that you know like uh, what it was like for my parents growing up in the Bronx with my sister and my brother I was born in Pennsylvania everybody else was born in the Bronx asking questions about my grandparents and stuff like that just because you know you, I think the one thing that this pandemic has shown is that life is short and things mm -hmm. can just out of nowhere just strike you so I wanted there to be some documentation around uh, what my family you know what our family history some of the great stories just in case those people aren't around and it can be anybody it could be me one you know my day could come you know at any moment so uh yeah i'd like there to be some documentation for my nephews my nieces my cousins stuff like that so yeah that's that's brought me joy too are you, are you gonna write a book about it <laughs> you sound like my father my father's always like you gotta write a book to him i was like <laughs> what running a, a publication that makes millions and millions of dollars in subscriptions in revenue subscriptions it that's not good enough for you what, what the hell else <laughs> you want out of me come on we'll see you should write a book i mean yeah about your family history You've, see now i'm getting family. anxious again wei shen thank you okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Mm. That's good. Yeah, I'll just, just pay me. Mm. I'll call you up at 12, like oh, one o'clock in the morning. I'll be like, you just transcribe whatever it is that I'm saying, and then you write it. <laughs> yeah, okay. They'll have to be very heavily edited, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this has been this has been good a good conversation. I think it has it has uh um if anything also it has made me be um, more self-aware and reflect on like how I feel and you know kind of deal with that head on instead of brushing it aside as nothing and I'm, I promise you just me talking about it for here here with you just even though other people listen it's cathartic for me so I, I encourage everybody to to go down that path go start going down that path with these anxieties that you think maybe are just small or that you can overcome them it takes some work so yeah we'll leave it at that Okay, till next week. See ya. Till next week. Bye-bye.